Well, Fox fans, it's been a few long weeks now without footy, and who knows what the future holds, but one thing's for sure, the Hawk Talk podcast is here again for your enjoyment. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is a man who's finding ways to keep busy in what is a pretty strange time right now. G'day, Tiz. Yeah, I found myself trying to uh, kick the footy through the basketball hoop today. That was a bit of fun. Some of the Hawthorne players have been doing that. Yeah, they can do it. Uh... (laughs) Well, mate, they are elite athletes, a lot of them, so um, don't be too hard on yourself, yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay. Until I get paid to put the footy through the hoop, that's when I should be hard on myself, is that it? Yeah, probably. And uh, (laughs) that's the thing about being an elite athlete. doesn't matter if you're hard on yourself, you're going to have thousands more who are hard on you as well. That's true. (laughs) Oh, I do miss it, mate. I do miss it. But we are in a privileged position as Hawthorne fans because... um, The back catalogue is awesome. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's no shortage of ways to keep busy. The people I feel for, the Saints fans. Really? Nah, not really. I don't really concern myself with the other fans. It's all about Hawthorne, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the MO of this show right here. That's what we're here for. It's a lot better to just go with that, I think. Um, I've just been trawling through... All the old DVDs I've collected over the years. I've got the 91 final series, stuff like that. We've been asked by one of our listeners, uh, Liam, who hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod over on Twitter, uh, what have been your favourite things to do while staying at home? Are there things that you're doing that you never had time to do previously? And uh, a lot of my activities have been Hawthorne related because it's just boxes upon boxes of footy records and cards and sticker albums and ticket stubs. It's uh, quite the nostalgic trip, Tiz. I have amassed an incredible amount of stuff from the three-peat in 2008. Well, I can tell you right now, if you've got newspaper clippings or whatever, yeah. uh, I guarantee I have the same ones because uh, I have document wallets full of them, full of newspapers from that time, just a ridiculous amount of nostalgia. You don't just uh, scan them to the cloud and be done with it? I think it's going to have to come to that. Because, I mean, God knows, Hawthorne is on the verge of another dynasty. Um, <laughs> I just hope the footy world is prepared for that. Uh, they think the nightmare's over, but it's uh, they haven't quite woken up. Well, Clarko isn't, isn't uh, wasting his time doing TikToks and stuff, is he? He's uh, focused and, yeah, it's been good. I've just been going through the old tapes and looking at the differences in the game style and the, even the commentary is a lot different too, the, Got Don Scott through the eighties and <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's um there's some interesting little things. They're much harsher on the players, yep. individual players. Um, they certainly have a go at some of the coaches. They do, um, yeah. Which is which is a strange go because everyone's so sort of nice now. <laughs> they have an opinion, but it's put in. Uh, mealy mouth words and things like that. It's just uh, you're they're... bemoaning the fact that everything's sanitised right through to the commentary. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. Oh, and there, as you as you you know uh, speaking to there, there's uh, some big hits and um, there's intimidation on the field. That's quite obvious. And uh, yeah, it's um, it is a strangely 
similar but very different game. Speaking of the commentary, uh, i got to say I do appreciate the modern day commentary. As much as I do bemoan it and I have a problem with it from you know here and there, um, particularly with certain callers being rubbish, um, I watched a game on YouTube earlier today and I believe, if memory serves, it was Hawthorne versus Brisbane. It would have been the MCG 1999. It was a thriller. I think Hawthorne just got over the line. And uh, I don't know who was calling the game, but this was the kick to basically win us the game. And uh, it came out of nowhere. So, you know, fair play. It was pretty hectic, pretty hard to see. It all happened in a bit of a flash. Uh, The commentary called it as Barker kicking the goal, which was not true. (laughs) It's just clearly not true. I'm trying to think of who might have looked like Barker in the team at that point. Maybe Rawlings or someone. No, no, it wasn't Rawlings. I was going to say have a stab, but no, it wasn't Rawlings. Uh, then they had another crack at it, and they went with Crummel. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Not him. It wasn't Crummel. <laughs> it was Barlow. <laughs> oh, he's a bit different. Yeah, so uh, it took three cracks to get the commentary <laughs> right. It was effectively the sealer for the game. So, yeah, I, I kind of like that discipline around commentary standards might have lifted since the 90s. Yeah, he's, he kind of brought 33 to prominence, Chris Barlow, didn't he? Chris with the K, of course. Well, you know, Cyril did have a lot to live up to, let's face it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been good. We've been, uh, I guess we've both been revisiting old wins by the sound of it. And uh, one thing we've been doing lately is doing YouTube streams and commentary tracks and that sort of thing. Uh, At the moment, our YouTube channel, uh, the Hawk Talk Podcast YouTube channel, has at least two full games up there. You've got one, which is the win against Essendon Round 2, 2014. Uh, which, you know, we just, we just did a, a sort of live chat sort of thing uh, off to the side of the YouTube player window. And uh, the other one we have uploaded, we did a commentary track. We recorded a full commentary track for our, what was it, the Round 22 win against Geelong from the same year. So there you go. If, uh, if you haven't checked those out yet, they're up on our YouTube uh, channel. And you just search Hawk Talk Podcast. So uh, we're going to do some more of those. We are certainly keeping busy with uh, our club's very proud history, Tiz. I can tell you that um, dwelling as I have been between the late 80s and early 90s that I've managed to find out that Stephen Lawrence has released his uh, autobiography but I haven't been able to track down a copy and I'm not sure how much it is devoted to Hawthorne but uh, that could be interesting reading and I did put up a tweet uh, a week ago this sounds a little bit self-indulgent but I still cannot find out where Stevie Lawrence or when he knocked out uh, Peter Sumich and it was a incidental uh, moment but as a young fan I remember that because I hated Peter Sumich <laughs> I remember you saying still do um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just a classic formative moment of my young self and I haven't found it in the um, in the grand final or in the I think they call it the qualifying final because mm. the, the final system has changed and I got awfully confused about how that, that was working the other day but I had to look it up and see um, how impactful Hawthorne's win over in the West was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good final series that and um, geez, West Coast were a strong side. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess with all that in mind, you know, we'll throw it open to the uh, the listenership and see if they can help you out at, at Hawk Talk Pod if you've got any idea of the moment that Tiz is discussing and see if you can hook him up with it. But short of that, I'll find it in the autobiography, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it would be there for sure. Um, we heard from one of our listeners, Ewan, at Hawk Talk Pod. 
He says, not sure if you have discussed this previously, but I've had this discussion with my Hawks mates. Who are some of your favourite and some of the best Hawks players who played 50-plus games but never played in a premiership? Ooh. Uh, how far back are we going, Nick? I haven't gone that far back because, you know, I, I feel like I can only speak for the players that I personally watched and enjoyed. So it, it's tough. Like, I'm, I'm sort of taking from the era that, I, that I've been alive, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. I just, I just think organically there's just more of, a, of an appreciation of what they're able to do on the field. Yeah, well, there'd be some deserving players um, in the middle of the 50s who made finals in 58 and that kind of thing and missed out on 61, but were, were very important in building the club up from what was a, a pretty low ebb. Um, but I, like you, I sort of concentrated on 90s players, the players I'm familiar with, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's just easier. Short of going, you know, a deep dive into the the vault of of all these games and really just getting into it. Uh, I mean, God knows we have time now at the moment, is but I haven't opted for that. I've just concentrated on that era. And uh, I guess the first name that springs to mind for me, and probably for you as well, uh, John Barker with 113 games. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> Joel Smith really did it for me. You're just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe, I love Johnny Barker, of course, but um, I thought Joel Smith was a far more important and influential player in the back half, and he had some big hits in big moments. And um, yeah, he'd he'd be my vote for. Uh, he also nearly made it through to the to the winning era, so I'd put him there as well as um, Vanders. Yeah, that's right, Vandenberg, uh, 145 games. It was just on the cusp of that 2008 premiership and uh ben dixon as well 203 games good old dicko we've been watching him kick that goal against carlton for about a month now and <laughs> <laughs> never gets old so I, all my my memories of that time and attending the footy back then they're, they're still a bit bit foggy a bit tangled but that my friend that is one that i remember crystal clear because i was there and how I loved it. I was right behind it. I was <laughs> right behind that kick. It's so weird, isn't it? Because everybody was behind the kick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They were doing a war dance, Tiz. Gosh. It is so strange and surreal to think that uh, we would have been very close at that time, just in proximity with one another. And it would take, what, a decade more? for us to actually meet we better have some backing music to that because that's very <laughs> but you think that's a little too uh too sentimental <laughs> it's very syrupy <laughs> mate it's what social isolation will do to you <laughs> you're just craving contact with other people i know how you feel it's uh even when you go up to get your essentials it's uh Oh, it's, well, I mean, a lot of people aren't wearing masks, but they still don't crack a smile. And the people that are wearing masks, they're just like this uh, sort of unreadable visage to them, don't they? They just have this blank face. Yeah, it, it's it's what I would term um, big fuck-off energy. <laughs> <laughs> and God knows uh, my default face is exactly that. So nothing's changed for me, mate. People leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, just keep your distance, that kind of thing. Yeah. I say one thing that uh, has been good about going to the shops lately uh, is the fact that uh, Coles every year do their line of AFL merch. Oh, you're ripping them off blind, man. Just... <laughs> That's right. They've got a line of 2020 merch. They've just had to reduce to clear 
And, uh, mate, I've scored big time. I've just <laughs> wiped the shells of all their Hawthorne stuff. Um, it, it's, it's a little ludicrous. But uh, then again, like I said, it hasn't cost much at all. I don't want to use this word, mate, but um, hoarding. Hawthorne hoarding. Hoarding Hawks merchandise. Well, look, I'll have to pay that because now that I'm the proud owner of a Jager O'Meara bobblehead that looks like any given white man in the entire league... <laughs> <laughs> Completely indistinguishable. Oh, there have been some shockers. I remember I handed a... Uh, you know how they do those cartoons for the select cards? Yes. Um, they did a, a caricature of um, Hilly. Uh-oh. Brad Hill. I handed it to him for him to write a signature on it, and he's like, who is that? And he showed it round to the boys. And they were also, you know, how they all sit alongside one another, and he's like, that is awful. <laughs> And then he just signed it and gave it back. He was not impressed. Oh, I mean, he has to know it's obviously not your fault. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't make the card. I know, but it it, it did make me have another look at it. And, and it, it does. It registers as a pretty bloody awful take on his good looks, I've got to say. That, uh, the Jago Mirror <laughs> bobblehead I have, if it weren't for the fact that it said his name at the bottom, you wouldn't know. It was hit. Yeah, they get a bit lazy, don't they, with that design stuff? I don't have much to complain about because it's all bargain basement prices, and uh, oh, we'll go down in history, won't it? I've got a couple of, uh, I've got a twenty twenty stubby holder, twenty twenty mug. Yeah, <laughs> I also had one other fella for the fifty game, never winning a premiership. Oh yes, we should circle back around to that because I had more names as well. Mark Graham, mm. he played out of his skin for so many years against much bigger opponents. And then we gave him the boot and he played for Richmond. Yes. But, <laughs> but he was incredible for long periods and uh, one of um, a number of players that gave everything in a period that, um, along with Harford, what do they call them? The, uh, the something 17, because there was between 91 and 2008, there were 17 years. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, Graham's a guy that I remember copying a lot. I think even now. Just the sentiment on the uh, the Twitterverse, people don't really appreciate the fact that he was actually very important for us. I think they just focused on the wrong parts, and he was maybe a bit mistake prone. But gee, he was good. I mean, I, I thought he uh, he took on some tough assignments and did admirably most weeks. That's my memory of him. I remember him playing well on Lockett and on Richo when he was really good. Um, which probably explains why they picked him up. Well, that, that's what happens, isn't it? You play well against one club and you... Remember Ty Vickery used to kick from the boundary against Hawthorne, couldn't do it against anyone else? Where'd he go? Hawthorne. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just close that chapter, have we? Ah, oh, look, you know, one recruiting hiccup in about three decades. <laughs> Whenever I think of him, I just think of the fact that he used to put his cats in a backpack and take them for walks around the city. What and, are you talking um, about? No, this is something he did, yeah. yeah. His little cat backpack would have a little, like an egg-shaped... Cat flap? No, a little egg-shaped... like that, So the cat could look out like a little astronaut out of his backpack. And um, <laughs> at that point I began to wonder um, <laughs> just about the calibre... Uh, but anyway, um, moving <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> moving right along, you brought it up. 
Uh, Chris had a question for us. <laughs> no, hang on. Let, let me rattle off some more players. Half had played 153 games. A spectacular talent. Nathan Thompson, 119. Uh, Shane Savage made 56. Did he? Yep, 56 games for, for Savage. I think it's still kicking around for St Kilda now. Yes. And uh, Brendan Whitecross obviously earns a mention as well. Tremendously unlucky in his career, but uh, what a fantastic servant for the club. Brendan Whitecross, terribly unlucky, of course. But uh, well, what have we had? We've had 12 of the last 14 captains have won a premiership. So <laughs> It is an incredible statistic right there. That is insane. God, our club's good. Hey, Tiz, did you know Hawthorne's pretty good? Yeah, I'm wondering how much better we're going to be after this. What do you reckon? Oh, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I think um, the next season, because I, look, I have no idea what they're going to do with the 2020 season. If it were me, if I was in charge, I'd just put a stop to it and just scrap it and just refresh for 2021, just write it off and prepare for the next year. Yeah, just write off all the clicks you could get, all the advertising revenue you could get online by claiming that the season was coming back, you know, that kind of stuff. Yes, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware of all of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Cynicism <laughs> crept in there. No, uh, that's, that's, I don't know how cynical it is. It's pretty realistic. All these factors are becoming into play. How many times have they told us we're having the season again, you know? They're just like, oh, well, we're thinking about it. Oh, because there's too much on the line. They're just desperate to get back to it because there's, there's too many components at play for them to just scrap it. But if it were me, I would scrap it. Start from 2021. Whoever wins that 2021 premiership, whew, that's Herculean, that kind of effort. Because uh, you face this unprecedented time where you're trying to get everyone on the same page and trust that everyone's going to do keep up their fitness and everyone's going to play their role. Uh, and then to come back and, and win a flag after, you know, these wild, extenuating circumstances. I mean, that would be pretty special. Yeah, it is a shame that the Tigers will be robbed of a chance to go back-to-back. Um, <laughs> it's a real... Or at least a back-to-back without an asterisk. It's uh, something I... Keeps me up at night, you know. How can we how can we make this right, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and having said that, I mean... Um, Liverpool also may not be uh, getting the title. And you could probably hear the smile on my face with that one. <laughs> yeah, I can see it, but listeners would have to detect it, I think. And I, I reckon they would have uh, would have done just that. Uh, moving on, you want to move on to Chris's question. Yeah, so Chris asks, uh, name your top 10 best guns on the list at this moment. I think that's what he meant. And uh, I think you've think you've probably nailed it haven't you oh right okay so you're going with my list all right um here goes here's uh my top 10 i haven't given them an order is that a cop out i haven't given them an order you've also only given nine. Oh, i have only given nine. Oh, geez <laughs> <laughs> oh no there's a bit of improv work here <laughs> off you go rattle them off this is in order of course <laughs> it's not in order <laughs> uh sicily uh tom mitchell warple wingard smith Bruce Gunston, I've snuck Mitch Lewis in there, Ben McAvoy, and and who's the 10th? Who off the top of my head could possibly sneak in? I'm going to get so many tweets, whoever I say. There's no Amira here. He could be. Burgoyne, I know he's old. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's between Amira and Burgoyne for that last spot. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't mind it. Okay, well, yeah, so no objections to that. No, no, I'm pretty, pretty satisfied with that. We, 
we see we tend to agree on who our best ten are. You and I. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's just um, the fringe players that are, you know, the ones that are coming up through the VFL or mm. um, going to push their way into the side, and who's coming out for that to happen that we sort of uh, disagree on from time to time. But I'm, what I'm worried about is um, will the younger lists have a really big advantage if they do come out of this period and then we have a quick season mm. we have short turnarounds between games and stuff like that yep. also the guys aren't getting physio at this period so the older guys are going to find it harder to get their work rate back Yes. so you know the old joints will be stiffening up that kind of stuff so I'm wondering about what the lead in will be if there is a season how many weeks are they going to have to get ready you can imagine soft tissue injuries will be a real problem. Mm. And that's where I come around to your thinking where they might as well call it off. But obviously, for advertising reasons, they can't afford to do that. Yeah. So, uh, but, I, 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 you know, if you're the head of the AFLPA, what are you thinking at this point? So it's a fascinating stuff. It is fascinating. And, and a thing of this magnitude, uh, when you spell it out like that, um, in terms of strategy, I think it wipes the table clean. Could Rob Burgoyne of a nice little tail to his career and, and it could even rob some young players of their spot at the end of the year. Um, they haven't shown enough to date. They're probably working their way into this year, might have had a really good preseason, or in other cases they've got injured. Mm-hmm. They could come off the list just due to the fact that um, we're now playing um, not AFL, but uh, Austerity Football League. That's what it'll be, sounds like. Well, effectively, yeah. That's going to be really hard on them, obviously. And uh, the changes are just going to be countless, really. There's so many best laid plans and, and good intentions heading into a season that are just, um, they're not even in the conversation anymore. And it's going to be fascinating to see how, not, not just Hawthorne go about that, but... Uh, the entire league, every single club in the league has got to sort of redraft what the hell they're going to do. And I tell you what, it's they can't really do it at the moment. No one has a head start on this because no one knows what the hell's going to happen next. Yeah, um, we've heard Jeff say that no one's really asked for their membership back and there might be some movement with the ATO classifying them as tax deductible, those funds that you've given to the club, yep. that kind of stuff. But I imagine there's a lot of people out there who really aren't missing footy as much as they thought they would. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, you know, people like you and I, obviously, with this podcast and just as diehard Hawks fans, yeah, obviously we're really craving the competition to be back. But I reckon that is equally true. There's going to be plenty of fans out there that kind of just adjust to life without footy, if you can imagine such a thing, Tiz. Momentum's a big thing in football, and it's been momentum that kept people going. You know, they go every week, they watch it on the weekend. Now they've got all these hours to do other things and they're going to start hobbies that uh, are going to compete with with football on the telly. Yep. They're going to do stuff like that. But what I also want to point out is that Dugowie didn't sign a contract in January and is now due to lose due to lose a huge amount of money. What I'm trying to say is has society decided that maybe the players aren't worth that much anymore? That this isn't as important as it seemed to be? The rivers of gold have stopped, basically. The rivers of gold, the Australian sporting industry has stopped. And now all the players need to take a pay cut. They don't need to cut the list. They need to pay cut the players themselves. Well, for anyone who has arrived at that conclusion, um, thanks for catching up. 
<laughs> you, you've arrived at the place that I did maybe when I was about 12. So <laughs> I, I just, I've always thought it's ludicrous, the money that uh, athletes in general, not just footy players, are on. But I mean... I mean, they, they have a short working life. Let's put that out there. Yeah, but I feel in terms of their contribution to society. Well, yeah, but it's it. I mean, sport is fantastic. Competitive sport is marvelous. Whether you call it competitive sport or, or professional sport, mm-hmm. um, it's a fantastic opiate for most people. Um, people really enjoy it. They find success in other people's success. It's mm-hmm. a great way to engage with other people in their family to be social find stuff to do on the weekend. So I'm not devaluing the football itself. Mm. I'm just saying that at this moment, these players are going to have to decide that they're probably not <clears throat> worth what they're asking with the economy as it is. Yep. I think that's a, that's a fair enough conclusion to come to. I think that's, that's a very valid point that you make. And when it comes back, it'll come back just as strong. But I did not enjoy reading Jager O'Meara's comments on... on uh, uh, the, you know, that there's far less talent at the bottom of the list than there ought to be. Bring me up to speed because I saw something in the headlines. Uh, I didn't actually click through the article, but th- he was commenting on the talent pool, right? Yeah, and he said it's it's less than it once was and um, questioned, you know, whether they really did need lists as long as they are. And it came across as just, um, well, you know, you don't, not cut, cutting my salary, just cut these fellas off the list and you'll have enough of me. That's how I interpreted it. Anyone going along those lines, I want to try and give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't, I don't think he meant anything malicious by it. So, But, uh, you know, your, your reading into it is valid because that's the exact same place I went to first. Yeah, so I, I think it'll all come back, don't you, Nick? I think um, the market will still be there. I just... It'll just be interesting to see how quickly it returns, and uh, I think they're going to have them. They're going to have to kowtow to us fans a bit, you know. They were telling us how we should enjoy the game for about the last five or, or even ten years, and um, I think it's about time they started listening to how we want to enjoy the game. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a kind of forced revolution, and um, I guess we wait to see what happens from here. We're, we're in a very cold winter. And it it could be a long one yet, but I think it will. There will come a time where we'll enter spring again, and uh, you know things will start blooming and blossoming again, and things might be a bit different. But we'll get back there. We'll get back to enjoying some football. It might even look different. It might even look better. Tis. Do you think the AFL supporters and members association will uh, will have a bit more clout coming out of this? I would hope so, because. You know they're going to cut half time, and they're going to play less. <laughs> they're going to play less, and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, they got a line of credit out of the NAB Bank, and uh, now they don't have an official airline to carry the troops. So, you know, they got a few things to work out at, at old AFL House. Maybe they can earn their money. <laughs> With all this being said, uh, you know there is the temptation to slide into negativity and doom and gloom and that sort of thing. And when that happens, tis just retreat into the sweet nostalgia of uh, of well, what's essentially been a very successful modern era. We heard from one of our listeners, Yordano, uh, who asks us at Hawk Talk Pod. As much as I hate the lists coming out at the moment, all oh, those endless lists, tis there's so many lists. I'd actually be interested in you guys running through your top ten Hawthorne players of the modern era. 
from 87. Most people go from 87. I went from the 90s onwards, and I'm looking at my list here, and I've seen, I seem to have done the same thing again and only gone with nine. So I don't know what's <laughs> going on here that I can't count to ten. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've gone with the austerity early, that's all, Nick. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm making list cuts. Oh, jeez, it's a hard question. I mean, if you don't have to, if you don't have to pick for position... I found this far easier. I found this far easier than top ten at the moment. No, I'm trying to do this from 87, though. You've gone from the 90s and... I mean, you don't have you don't even have Crawford in there. My goodness! <laughs> when I said I went from the nineties, I almost exclusively focused on again my favourite period of the club that I myself experienced. So, <laughs> very self centred approach, and yes, the tenth spot will be going to Crawford, uh, seeing as you bring it up. But apart from that, it was very easy, and I'll rattle them off right now: Franklin, Rioli, Roughhead, Hodge, Mitchell, Gibson, Bruce, Smith, and Burgoyne. Yeah, I would have probably put in Lewis there, actually, instead of Smith. Maybe that's my personal bias coming through. I, I've just always been a massive Isaac Smith fan. Oh, so. I love Smithy too. Um, no, that's a that's a fairly good list. I'll have to do some research and come back to your Dano for um, post-87, I think, because uh, it's sort of, you've got to work out who comes out of the team of the century for the blokes that won the three-peat. And that could be interesting. I'll come back to that, Nick. Is that all right? We've got time, mate. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. We'll come back to it, and I think I'll, I'll have a crack at that as well because, like I said, I've made it a very self-centred kind of list of the players that I personally have enjoyed watching uh, live. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go from 87, and we'll see what we come up with, see if there's any disagreements. I uh, see Sean's, Sean's jumped uh, jumped the gun here. What would a 35-player list look like? Who's coming out? Last one's in, first one's out, Tiz. What do you reckon? Oh, well, that's probably not it, actually. It's probably the old blokes that get cut. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm just teasing. And and obviously, mate, you know, I want Finn McGuinness to be part of Hawthorne, so <laughs> not about to give him the boot. Uh, yeah, I mean, from now, I think they'd be probably looking more closely at some of the guys who... Getting a bit old and their contracts are expiring and got a lot to consider, but yeah, that's who they'll be looking at. So we're we're a club that's um looking to go to be on the up again. I mean we've got we've got some older players who are very, very important and perhaps a year off might help them, but it's not like our club is doubling down on an aging list and hoping that something goes right this September, like uh, I would say Geelong are. Uh because uh, that that model's buggered. Yep. Okay, that's <laughs> that's not going to happen unless they come back and they freak a flag uh, through, you know, hosting it down in Geelong or something. It's just it's not going to work out. <laughs> Which I've uh, you've seen the news Frank Costa come out again and uh, express his desire to have a grand final played at Geelong. Oh, he's always wheeling around his own apple cart, isn't he, Frank Costa? So. <laughs> He's a grocer, people. That was a really good joke. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We have another question here from Enns at Hawk Talk Pod. Excluding current players, this is pulling back the curtain a bit. Excluding current players, which player would you like to have as a guest on the podcast and why? Ooh, it's a good question. Can I give my nomination before you do? Yeah, go for it. I think I know who it'll be, though. (laughs) I would really love to chat to Xavier Ellis. He's just such good value. That's because he's a loose cannon. Yeah, he cracks me <laughs> up. He's fantastically entertaining. Who eats KFC after winning a premiership? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I would like to talk to Gary Bacanara. He's been involved with the club. He's been disappointed by the club. He's um, 
been integral in picking some really good players and bringing them to the club. And he also had some horrific moments in grand finals as well as incredibly... He's, he's done the gamut. He's gone from the lowest of the low to the to the apex, the highest point, both on the field and off the field. Um, just had a terrible time trying to coach Sydney. No, he's he's run the gauntlet. I think he would be the bloke I'd like to talk to. Yeah, that that is a top pick. Um, I can't help but see the separation in the kind of thing that we went for. You you've gone with like this colossus of the club who has this great huge legacy, and my pick has been like, ah, oh, now be fun, <laughs> <laughs> be a bloody good time. Yeah, I haven't had enough scotch yet, Nick. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I've worked it out. As long as you're drinking. Um, a gift. If you're buying it for yourself, that's that's red flagged. But um, as long as you're drinking stuff that you've accepted as gifts over the years, you're good. Yeah, because other people are enabling you. Exactly. And it's fine. If there's a problem here, it's their problem as much as yours. Exactly. <laughs> Cheers to everyone listening out there. <laughs> uh, that's a great question from Enns in terms of getting guests on the podcast. Uh, we've kind of done it sporadically over the years, but... We've got a bit of a taste for it now, and, and with things being a bit different, we're going to have to get inventive, and that does indeed uh, involve putting the feelers out and uh, yeah, touching base with a few people and see if we can get them on this show. So uh, watch this space is all I'll say. Well, hands, um, what, what is it, Scouts Honor or whatever? Not that I was a scout, but you know, putting my hand up here. <laughs> I, have reached, I have reached out to try and get Bucky on. Have you? I have. So we'll see if that eventuates. Well, there you go. The meeting's happened on the pod, listeners. <laughs> Only happened today, Nick. Oh, through a fortuitous <laughs> circumstance. All right, all right. Well, we'll leave it at that. You can tell me more about it off mic. <laughs> <laughs> we heard from Judy at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, when are the Hawthorne players with Clarko playing guitar going to perform a stay-at-home style music video clip for the frontline workers and mental health organisations? Now, I think we're meant to be helping the frontline workers and the mental health organisations, <laughs> not uh, punishing them at this point. Did you see what happened in the UK? No, go, go on. Well, they all lined up on that bridge in the middle of London to clap the... Um, the NHS. The NHS, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. And uh, they were not social distancing in doing so. <laughs> so uh, not, a, not an overly exertive physical activity clapping and, and cheering, but um, definitely breathing in each other's air. So, um, Oh, God, it's so moronic. Yeah, it's kind of defeated the kind of defeated the purpose there. We better take a break. And on the other side of it, uh, I'm wondering, Tiz, have you got what it takes to be a footy fan? So I've buggered up on Twitter a fair bit lately. Um, did you see that hit that Buddy did on Cousins? Which one, mate? There's at least a couple. Exactly. That was the problem. I said the one he got him where he was wearing the, uh, what is it, the yellow and blue or whatever it is, of West Coast, mm. he got two weeks for that. But that's not what he got two weeks for. It's the uh, much cleaner and more physical, brutal hit that he did to Cousins when he went to Richmond and he was looking to come back. <laughs> Uh, it, it's weird. Rem- remember when you could talk about white line fever and cousins and it'd just be about football? Oh, wow. Is that a bit of a low blow? There's some point where you just should stop enabling him, don't you think? Look, jokes aside, that that was just for my own amusement, that wisecrack. I think it's incredibly tragic and I'm sad about him because what, what else can be done at this point? I, I just... 
how long could this go on before he winds up dead? I mean, it, it's enormously sad. I hope he gets some help. But, I mean, God knows he's been given help. So, I mean, what changes from here? I, I think it's a, an enormously sad tale. Yeah, there's only one good thing to come out of it, really, and that is to put the absolute fear of God into anybody else considering that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, we've had recent events in Melbourne, which have been tragic as well. Um, no good comes out of it. And uh, I did read that someone got a $1,600 fine for being out when you know they didn't have an essential thing. And he said, oh, I was just trying to get to my drug dealer. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's some weird shit going on on social media. And it has taken off. Like, there's just so much stuff. TikTok, I didn't even know about that. Are we getting a TikTok account, Nick? Or are we just No, we are the... not. No, <laughs> never going to happen. Clarker is my role model and I'm not getting on TikTok. <laughs> Gee, how are you liking your ad break, listeners? This is a bit different. <laughs> You started by bringing up Twitter as, as an easy segue for me to make into the social media stuff. You've just gone completely off the rails already. Look, let's talk the social media stuff so we can get on with the show. Apple Podcasts, rate and review us on there. Uh, if you if you love the show, leave us some kind words. I'd really appreciate that. Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. We've surged beyond 2,000 followers, Tiz. Oh, it's been enormous fun. Yeah, you had a great lot of fun uh, tweeting out every time we got to a premiership year. <laughs> 2008 followers, 2013 followers, etc., etc. Yeah, it was, it was really good fun. I loved it how they cottoned on. If they unfollowed, you'd go back. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, mate, I was wise to that game very quickly. <laughs> I, I reckon it did happen a couple of times. I'm like, no, no, you get one. You get one for each milestone. <laughs> Uh, it was very good fun. Uh, digging up some like obscure photos I hadn't necessarily seen of the Premiership wins before. There's a fantastic one with Gibbo uh, steamrolling Buddy. A great angle of it where, where the jubilation, the euphoria on Gibbo's face as he just rolls over his old teammate. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. I'd never seen that photo before, so it was really good to dig up. You can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod, and it's a lovely little community we're building there as well, so get on and join it. We've got Patreon as well, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. You can subscribe and support the show there. Uh, many, many people are still with us, uh, some people jumping on board now, which we massively appreciate. We're going to endeavour to put out more bonus content, and uh, yeah, if you love the show and, and you feel like slinging us a bit of coin, even in these strange times, then get on patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. Uh, a few other plugs. The Golden Years podcast with Ash, Andrew, and Darren is out now. Uh, they're building up a nice little catalogue of, uh, well, stellar retrospectives, Tiz. Yeah, that got me uh, reading Peter Knight's autobiography, um, printed in 79, I think. So Great guests, great stories, great entertainment with the Golden Years podcast, so check that out. Uh, Tony Wilson's book, 1989, still available. Uh, 1989, the great grand final, I should say, is the full title. Still available. Uh, if you haven't listened to our episode with him, uh, that has been received uh, magnificently by our listenership. Uh, it's said that it's one of our finest episodes, which was pretty heartwarming. Now, does he still have any books left in the box to send out to people, or do they have to go through the major chains? I'm not sure, actually, but the best thing to do would be to uh, hit him up on Twitter. Uh, I don't have his Twitter handle handy right now, but uh, yeah, look him up on Twitter and 
hit him up, ask for a book, and he should be able to sort you out. Uh, it's obviously a fantastic read. It was a fa- fantastic episode with him uh, recently, and we thank him once again for coming on the show. And speaking of books, Tiz, uh, Ruffy, uh, August 4th, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, okay. We're going with that, are we? <laughs> Bloody long way away, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, with all the social media stuff out of the way, Tiz, I think it's high time we get back to the show. So you're doubting my um, credentials, eh? You, you <laughs> want, want to take me through what it is to be a footy fan? Well, is this because what I said earlier about people maybe turning their back on the game? <laughs> no, this is all uh, due to the fact that I found this book. I've obviously been digging up all sorts of weird footy footy related items and i don't know where this book came from because i don't remember it from my childhood but it's called uh have you got what it takes to be a footy fan by jenny chantry and uh i think it's from the early 2000s oh this sounds great it's exactly the kind of prescriptive text i'm looking for about football (laughs) (laughs) well look i thought we'd go through it because there's some interesting things um the author recommends a number of topics or conversation starters that uh, you and I can use as footy fans when we uh, get back into social situations. Uh, so I thought we'd tackle some of them now. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah go, go for it. All right. I, I will concede that the first one's off to a bit of a shaky start and does date the book. Uh, number one, in the year 2010, the grand final should be held in Darwin. Well, I would have agreed with that, um, considering that grand final. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I say anywhere but Cadinia Park is fine by me. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, the best objects to include in a time capsule commemorating the game. Um, Well, a football. (laughs) Um. Yep. uh, How's that low-hanging fruit, bud? (laughs) Tasty? What else are you going to put in there? A couple of a set of footy boots. I mean, you just want the, the way to sell this game is to get people playing it. All right, here goes nothing. Uh, first item, Job's 2012 Brownlow. They still can't find it. What are you going to do? <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm going to look around my room right now and uh, the buddy boot. Have you got a buddy boot? I've got a signed buddy boot. Yep. Wow. Left or right? Good question, mate. I'm not going to get off <laughs> get off my ass and find out. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember. Okay, well, it'd be left because he's a left footer. I hope it is. You know, on the standing leg. Oh, I'll have to check now. Give me a sec. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, the wonders of Zoom, ladies and gentlemen. It's good fun, this. It is indeed the left boot. Oh, lucky. Lucky. <laughs> uh, how much do you reckon it's instantly devalued if it's the right? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting question. What'd you put in? I think you'd you'd have to put in some form of vision of the game, wouldn't you? Put Dermy's uh, Cyril highlight reel in the in the time capsule. I think. Yeah, actually, that'd do. Yep, that'd do. All right. Well, I think we can move on from that question. We've solved it. Uh, number three. What makes a great coach? Premierships or getting the most getting the most out of the least talented players. I would say. What about being indignant in a press conference and saying mission accomplished when you've just been smashed? <laughs> Not only have you just been smashed, you will be beaten again, and the next time you face that club, you'll be smashed again. I loved how you left that on the uh, on the game that we covered. That was good fun. Just tacked that on the end of it. A lot of people didn't find that Easter egg. <laughs> That's right. If you are going to watch our uh, YouTube upload of the Round 22 game between Hawthorne and Geelong up on our YouTube channel, uh, stay right to the end, folks. Just stay right to the end because uh, there's a little treat waiting for you. Number four. What is good for football? God, that's very open. Is this 
football philosophy hour? What are we doing here? <laughs> if you're in the stands and you turn to someone and go, what's good for football? I think no one's going to reply to that. They just look at you and walk away or continue eating the meat pie. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is very open-ended, isn't it? It is a bit philosophical. Good for football is, of course, a documentary made by Rob Dixon. Number five, uh, the state of the club finances. If you're talking about it, there's a problem. Next. <laughs> so true. Number six, uh, what you don't like about the way the game is run. I'm not in charge. Jeez, I mean, you're just blitzing through this. <laughs> what would you do? Like we don't have oodles of time to fill. Okay, what I don't like about how the game is run is because it's focused more on the club's uh, hierarchy and the players than it is on how the fans and everyone else can enjoy and engage in the game um, rather than getting superlative profits or trying to reach areas that obviously don't want the competition there. Yep, you've essentially articulated my exact thought on this particular conversation topic and uh, I'd like to cite uh, the fact that what what is it like 40,000 corporate tickets go on the grand final and uh, I think that says it all for mine I don't think you need any other example but that to know uh, that the AFL undervalues its fans it's everyday people this is an odd question Um, number seven ex-players make the worst coaches I think in some some instances that's true but I mean We have an ex-player that's a coach and one of the best coaches of all time. I will tell you something. It is very rare that an excellent player is a good coach Mm. because they have no understanding (laughs) of how hard it is (laughs) for someone without their skill level to actually be productive in the game. Yeah. And I think Lee Matthews is an incredible example of a very, very, very excellent, almost is the best player they've had. And also an excellent coach. Yep, no, that's true. And I think I think people like Hurdy and Vossi were found out. Uh, number eight, what do you reckon about this? The football season should be shortened. No, thanks. Yeah, I, I don't really have an opinion on that. I don't really care. Um, of course, we don't have a choice this year. Number nine, the best way to tackle an opponent. Well, it's changed over the years, hasn't it? Um, should it have changed? It feels like one thing that should have been constant. Oh, uh, well, people started... I mean, a person... Um, Selwood started ducking, and okay. um, <laughs> oh look, question ten. The game's gone soft. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Jenny Chantry knew we'd be talking about this. You know how if you're going out on a date, uh, you do like a quick study of what that person knows about, like their career or something, just so you can sort of. Give verse, give voice to some things that they might be thinking about, or at least seem semi-intelligent about their passion. This seems like a list of what's that brand of notes you used to look up if you hadn't read the book and you had to go to English class. Oh, Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes. Yeah, this is like the Cliff Notes version of being an AFL fan. Uh, it's so it's like okay, so it's kind of like that IT Crowd episode where they're pretending to be um, West Ham fans. Yeah, and they they just have these pre made, <laughs> pre made quotes to try and blend in, and they somehow get by. I think it's a little like that. Uh, what, has the game gone soft? Is I think it has a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I think in terms of uh, player health, um, that is finally got the recognition it deserves. 
because um, when I look back at some of these games from the 80s as I have been, there are some players there who aren't the same for playing as hard as they did. So um, I think that's finally come around. But having said that, I think there's still a place for at least posturing an aggressive stance and stuff like that or making a player earn it, that kind of idea. There still should be some kind of form of intimidation, I feel. Yeah, there's still physicality in the game, and it all depends on how you um, go about this particular conversation topic, whether you think soft is a bad thing. I think you've articulated well why it it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, because, you know, you got to look after people and make sure they're not, you know, putting their health in danger. Can you see Brad Hill playing in the 80s, mate? <laughs> tell you what, they would have lined him up from that far away. Uh, number 11, the MCG is the only place to play the grand final. Well, that's the same as number one. What is she doing here? She's artificially inflating the list. <laughs> All right, well, we move on. Uh, according to Chapter 7, uh, and this is a quote, the accumulated wisdom of decades of fans has determined a few matters so fundamental to the game that they have become the truths. So these are basically the undisputed truths uh, of being of, of watching football, of being a football fan, of the game itself, okay? So we've got... What's well, a big list? We've got 16 of them. We're just going to blitz through them and see what you think, okay? And uh, we'll, we'll get to decide whether you're a true footy fan, okay, Tiz? What, is this a yes-no thing, or...? Well, let's just run through it, okay? Number one, the grand final is played on the last Saturday of September, despite an exception or two. We're the exception, aren't we? We are, for one of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think also in uh, the year 2000, it wasn't in September. Oh, is that right? I mean, do you care? It doesn't really matter to me when it's played. Presumably it matters to Mike Brady when the grand final is played. Uh, number two, after a run of losses, the coach gets sacked, but not before the club chairman comes out with a vote of confidence in him. Yeah, how is um, uh, Koshy going? Is he, uh, is he put himself behind Ken Hinckley? Oh, did, well, do you love... Do you love the loophole? This came out today. I'm so glad you brought this up. This came out today. So uh, Ken Hinckley has been assured that he'll have a job next year. Oh, he hasn't. Oh, that's amazing. Because technically, Tiz, technically, he didn't miss the finals. Ugh. He didn't miss the finals, did he? So technically, he's got a job. No, I think technically, he absolutely did. They weren't... <laughs> <laughs> well, that is harsh. <laughs> oh, oh, it, it's beautiful, though, isn't it? And, and even, like, the thumbnail of the... Uh, well, the cover image of the particular article that I saw had um, Ken Hinckley pictured with this this mischievous grin, like, ha, 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 got him, still got a job next year. The old Cheshire cat going on. Yeah, oh, 100%, <laughs> mate. It was beautiful. Uh, number three, a home game is at least a two-goal advantage. Uh, yes, and unless you're West Coast, and it's about a six-free-kick advantage. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is absolutely true. Number Usually four. in front of goal as well. <laughs> Number four, club mergers suck. Well, seems I mean, pretty... You, you, can't mesh the, you can't mesh identities together like that. It doesn't work. It's pretty straight up and down, that one. Number five, the league has a lot to answer for. Mm, okay. <laughs> want to, well, you don't want to touch that one all of a sudden. I, it's just vague. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty of ways you could take that. Number six, the Mexican wave always stops at the members' stand. Now they relax this, Nick. All right? Uh Uh-huh. We're allowed to do it now, okay? We don't want to do it. We may not engage, (laughs) but we're allowed. I was going to say, I don't think the problem was that you weren't allowed. I think the members think themselves above it. Is that true? 
Well, what actually happens is as soon as the Mexican wave reaches the members, um, you'll probably, if you're if you're quiet enough, you'll be able to hear the. It gets converted into a sort of tut 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 noise. Um, <laughs> and the- <laughs> Yeah, what what's funny is around the stadium, uh, obviously when people are in the Mexican wave, they might, you know, there might be a few errant pies or drinks that go up into the air as well. It gets to the members, they're not letting go of their cheese boards. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's dangerous for one with all the knives flying about. <laughs> Number seven, there's always next season. Oh, I've been missing that doco, I tell you. Oh, that should be that should be Melbourne's motto. <laughs> it's their crest. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately for them, there is always next season. It's just pain after pain. Uh, number eight. Oh, here comes a Clarkoism. You're soft if you play in a long sleeve jumper. I know. I always thought that if the full forward came down in a long sleeve jumper, I always thought, oh, soft. I wore one myself, so I knew. <laughs> so you know all about it. Yeah. You're the authority on it. That's fair enough. There was a chill in the air. Number 10, it was injuries that cost us a berth in the finals. Always. Yep. Always. Uh, Even if they're insignificant. Number 11, poor umpiring cost us the game. Uh, Round three against the Bulldogs. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget, Hawks fans. Never forget. Sydney, 2016. Haven't been back to a grand final since. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bit of a, uh, a you went all casual Croft there, like he's leaning up against the bar. He's eh, that's what I'm talking about. Do you reckon he says <laughs> it anymore? Do you reckon it's like you get that out, it's done? What does he come back with it? Is it like a catchphrase for him now? No, I reckon it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Bart becomes the "I didn't do it" boy, and he just <laughs> he wears out the catchphrase until he pretty much hates life. If I meet him, I'm going to try and get him to do my voicemail with. That's what I'm talking about. At the end, I reckon you'd be up for that. In all seriousness, I, it's the kind of phrase you could cram into most areas of life if you really wanted to, but I don't think he would. It is such a cathartic moment. That was a great moment at that grand final because you knew they were doing it for Crawl. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the broadcasters, Channel 7, they instantly cut to the camera on Crawford. They knew, everyone in the stadium knew what it meant. It was a fantastic moment. Yeah. Uh, number 12, take it one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard that enough. <laughs> number 13, healthy aggression is fine, but eye gouging is not on. Three votes, C. Judd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, look, you seem to be in good spirits, but how are you holding up with um, Judd Teller cancelled? <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. I couldn't believe that even made headlines. Oh, it's just so bad. Everything Beck Judd does makes headlines. It's it's incredible. Who is reading this? I don't know, but um, uh, anyway. <laughs> you're, you're just worn out by it. you got no words. Number 14, discipline wins tight games. It's true. It's got to be true. Number 15, supporters must complain about freeze, wind advantage, the draw, the draft, injuries inflicted by the opposing team, Penalties, suspensions, the weather, the cost of everything. And the roof being open and closed. <laughs> yeah, we can add that one now. Uh, 16, Melbourne is the home of Australian football. Obviously. Obviously, that's right. Uh, you got through all 16. So there we go. That is the book. I think we had a bit of fun with that. Have You Got What It Takes to Be a Footy Fan by Jenny Chantry. That's, uh, again, I don't know how I came by it. I don't think I purchased it. I can't remember who got it for me. So, oh well, bit of fun, hey? I think she should. Um, I think she should rename that and try to get the immigration department to put in the bundle. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a test uh, that Border Force deploy. Yeah, it's just like the welcome pack. You get, uh, you have what it takes to be a footy fan. Oh right, I took it. I took it in a different sense. It's, it's, you're, it's more of a welcoming initiation where I was like, you better bloody have what it takes to be a footy fan, mate. <laughs> Otherwise, you are not coming in. It's like a hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> If there's a, you know, if they, they watch that scene where Reroll runs into the open goal and Shaw smothers it, they have no reaction. That's it. Back on the plane. <laughs> just, they, they just don't, they're not kindred spirit with the game. They just don't have the soul for it. Yeah. If it doesn't move them, then it's just no point. Yeah. You just see the uh, a bloke dressed up as an umpire just putting an F. <laughs> well, uh, my glass is empty, Nick. Um, <laughs> so, so what are you saying you, you're good you're good for the pod for this week that's fair enough it's geez, it's been a loose one hasn't it I hope we talk about Peter Knights in, in Muddy Armour over the next few weeks I'm going to send you a copy in the post yes yep uh, I'm looking forward to discussing um, three heavy hitters in, in western philosophy um, you'd know them as uh, Pig Jimmy and Ruboy. this is one of the first <laughs> this is one of the first things we ever decided we had to bring on the pod and we've never done it uh, the guide to life. We we'll have to crack open this this tome, Tiz, this incredible book, because uh, if it's something I need right now in these uncertain times, it is a guide to life, and I'm looking forward to seeing what wisdom uh, these three gentlemen can dispense. Of course, one still being a role model and, and a praised superstar and a legend of Aussie rules, and the other two being um, Kerry and Heard. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I look forward to uh, Hawk Talk Podcast. Is, it, we're bringing back the book corner segment. Remember the early days we did that? It's coming back. No, we've done it at regular junctions. There's been some good books. We've done The Rat. That's true. Um, we haven't done Lee Matthews, which no. is, uh, and we've done uh, we've done Hodgie and Mitchell's books, and uh, obviously Ruffy's is coming up. Uh, plenty to look forward to. We're, we're trying to get some guests as well. Uh, we're, we're just being as creative as possible in this time. Uh, with the downtime in the, in in the the season and, and the game, so uh, so that'll be it for this week. Uh, if you like what you've heard, you can jump on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us there. Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. We're beyond two thousand followers now, but we want to keep that community growing. So at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter, Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod, and Patreon if you want to subscribe and support the show there. Patreon.com slash Hawk Talk Pod would very much appreciate it. Yeah, start up a conversation. Um, the other week I put my cards online my footy cards that was a bit of fun people got involved showed me their collection it was good this is not to sell of course this is just you bragging yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Felt, felt good there's some nice stuff there but other people had better stuff than i did there was some lovely signed uh select cards you know uh, verified signed and stuff like that that i was quite envious of and um ignored uh, but uh, <laughs> no it's good it's good fun. We've got to get some more uh, some more classic matches up, mate. We've got to do some commentary tracks, some more live chat stuff. There's a lot to look forward to here on the Hawk Talk podcast. Hawthorne may be back training within a month or two, so that's something to look forward to as well. But um, we're going to have a bit of fun while we wait. You're damn right we are. It's going to be good times ahead. This is the Hawk Talk podcast signing off for another week. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.